Hey, people, welcome back to the show. So today we're going to talk about, first off, details of the mastermind course, what's happening inside of our mastermind, what people I've brought on to make a true mastermind, experts in their field, accountants, lawyers, venture capital, private equity, all these different people that can come on and help us launch funds. And then secondly, I want to tell you an incredible story of a Boy Scout who was lost last year in from my neighborhood. We had over 200 people go up to look for him. And I want to tell you the story of us looking for him on, in the high Uintas how we actually uh, went about it. We had, I mean, we had helicopters, planes, drones, satellite phones, the whole thing for two days. It was like the craziest two days of my life. And then lessons learned and people actually I met on the trail from doing that. I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. See ya. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey, people, welcome back to the show. So today, we're gonna talk through actually some lessons learned from a lost Boy Scout up on the mountain of last year. I had a crazy experience to go up and in my neighborhood, the Boy Scouts went up. A 12, 13-year-old boy got lost uh, for a few days. I went up to Idaho. We looked, and it was crazy. So I'm going to walk you through all the details of this story and then also how it applies to life and funds. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we were up in the high Uinta mountains, very rocky, very shallow. We couldn't bring up ATVs, Jeeps, was not allowed. It was on foot or horse was the only way to really access this area. And this boy was lost. And to make it worse, he had... He has Asperger's um, on the autism scale. So we didn't know if he was just hiding from it. We, we had no clue, right? So very, very intense story. I'm gonna tell you in just a second. Before we dive into that though, a few questions about the mastermind that I've received the last couple of days. I announced it on last Thursday. We announced what we're doing. So if you guys missed the previous episodes, this upcoming Thursday, February 20th, myself and my dad, my dad runs a $20 billion fund, started it from the ground up. Grew up, he grew up in ghetto North Las Vegas, had terrible grades in college, was able to launch a fund and build it up to a massive scale. They have three, over 3,000 employees right now. I mean, they're just crushing it in every way, shape, and form. He's going to come on live with me, and we're going to do um, a live training and then a live Q&A at the end. Now, also what's happening that day is we are also launching our mastermind program. Bridger, what's our mastermind? So in the past, if you guys have seen our stuff, we've launched what we, what we call a mini vault. The mini vault is essentially 12 to 15 videos somewhere around there of basic understanding of the fund world, how funds are set up, the basic structure of how to raise money. We said that was great and all. We sell that for a really you know, low price point. We just wanted to teach people and get people involved. And a lot of people ask us, is there more? Is there kind of a mastermind course? And yes, there is. So we are launching it this Thursday to our beta group. And what I've done is I said, hey, I can only teach you so much about the fund world, right? I only know I run a fund. It's a debt fund. I know that realm. Okay. I've done it for about two years. I'm okay at running a fund. There are other experts that are incredible at running funds that have done it for a decade. So what I've said is that, Hey, instead of just me trying to think I can teach everything, I've tried to bring on different people to help expound. So people like a few weeks ago, I had Aaron Wagner on the show. Incredible guy. He, he runs a, runs over $2 billion of different, all different types of stuff. He is one of our mastermind coaches. Another guy um, named Sid Cromenhook just interviewed him last Thursday. He'll be on the podcast in a little bit. He, uh, they just raised $75 million for their venture capital fund in four weeks. This is fund number three for them. Incredible dude. Um, 
Anyways, he has an incredible story. He's coming on. Another guy, he's raised over $100 million for different funds. Professional money raiser. Another guy, professional accountant, professional lawyer coming on to teach us how to set up legal documents. I'm trying to bring in every single person possible onto our mastermind to help bring a group of essentially a mastermind of different minds coming together to create something bigger than ourselves to help people go from point A to point B as fast as possible. Now that's just a little, that's a little taste of what's kind of going on. I'm not going to be the full pitch or anything, but that's what's happening in our mastermind. We are, I'm building out a massive course, a lot of um, Excel downloads and like different templates you can use there. You'll get all the legal documents, legal templates. I mean, we're trying to give you everything you need to launch a fund in our mastermind. So what we're doing on Thursday is it's going to be, we're going to start it out. It's going to be a 50 minute, about 50 minutes of pure training. If that's, you know, me and my dad are going to be sitting down. We're going to walk through how he structured his funds. And you guys know kind of the basic structure of a fund. And we'll go through the basic structure. I'll run through that. My dad is going to run through how they structure under 97 different funds they have with, I think, a dozen or so general partners, how that works under one roof and how they have special vehicles and all these different kind of stuff. He's going to walk through all of that. Next, we're going to talk about how we ethically steal investors from our competitors, how to do that, how to go out and find investors, how you can raise money like we both did without this incredible background or incredible degree or going to Harvard. And then third, the framework for finding your niche. If you don't know what to invest in, the framework, I'm not going to tell you what to invest in, but I'm going to give you a framework to figure it out of where there are niches and where there are holes in the market to open up your mind a little bit. So it should be, should be pretty fun. And then at the end, my dad is going to stay on for a full hour and answer live Q and a. So if you've ever wanted to pick the brain of someone who runs a $20 billion fund, now's your chance. He's literally going to be on live. We're going to be on a podcast or excuse me, a webinar format. So if you go to investmentfundseekers.com, you can see the webinar format, sign up. It's going to be amazing. Like he's going to be sitting there answering questions. I already have a, a few questions lined up for him and we want to take live questions first. Live questions get the priority what he's answering. So if you have a question, burning question, come on, ask him the question. Um, it should be pretty fun. We're trying to jam like, and you know me, I talk very fast. So we're going to jam a lot of information into this. It's probably going to probably about an hour of training. I'm going to tell you the details of the, of the mastermind, give you the opportunity to join. We're only letting a hundred people in at this point. It's going to be a beta group. We're opening it on Thursday. We're closing it Sunday. This is literally a beta group. Like we are only letting that many in because we want to over deliver to these, this group. We want to get really good testimonials and really like help these people go from point A to point B as fast as possible. So we don't want too many people in there. Um, but that's our plan. So if you want to be into that as well for it's first come first serve. So Thursday during the webinar, it's going to open and we're going to do f- about 50 minutes of training about 10 minute. I'm going to walk you through the details of the mastermind. All that I'm just giving you a little teaser. I'm going to give you all the details then. And then my dad's going to stay on for a full hour talking about that. So pretty cool, right? That's this Thursday. Um, I'm very excited. We're putting a lot of effort and a lot of time. I've been under a rock the last couple of months preparing this for you guys. So that's why I've taken a little bit of this episode to talk to you about it because I think it's going to be amazing. We're doing the webinar format because we have a, a whiteboard, because we have video and we can have a live chat to get your guys' input and feed. So we'll have a live event with you guys there. Pretty fun, right? Okay. So let's dive into this story, right? Of, of how I ha- I was with a, um, a scout troop and this whole, this, how this whole thing happened. So my dad, I just mentioned, runs a $20 billion fund. He also volunteers his time to hang out with Boy Scouts. And there's a bunch in, in my neighborhood and area, they had about 15 different Boy Scouts that wanted to do a high you into hike. And my dad's like, okay. And they've got about four or five leaders that go with them. And my dad is not 
too big of a mountain man, but the other guys were really good at, you know, mountain stuff. And so he goes up with them and they have a great time. They do about 60 miles. They hike for a week. I mean, it's a, this is a big, like this is a legit boy scout camp. Like they are hiking through Hyuintas. They're fishing in lakes. They said they would go to a lake off the map. It's not even on the map. One of the guys is very good mountain man. He would, he knew about secret lakes and they would go. He said, my dad was telling me one of the boys would go fishing and he, it was about an hour he did 38 casts into the water and caught 38 fish. He literally, every time he casted his line out in the water, caught a fish, reeled it in, and then I think they'd throw it back. I think they ate a few of the fish, then they'd just throw them back. And then he'd cast another one and pull it in. It was incredible. Like, these fish have never been fished before. Like, these ponds. It was incredible. Like, they were pulling out beautiful rainbow trout. I mean, it was just amazing what they were doing. So they hike. The very last day, they're exhausted. Imagine a bunch of teenage boys you're hiking with for a week, right? Never haven't showered. I mean, you're in the wilderness. Find the last day they uh, are going to the, they're heading to the cars. They have about three miles left. And they're, some of the boys at the front are getting really anxious to get to the cars. They want to get home. And so they start running down the mountain. Okay. And it's just a simple trail. It's this one, the trail's gotten, it's just a trail. It's very wide. It's just right down to the parking lot. The last three miles, they've already done like 55 miles. They're walking down. They, they kind of start getting strung out along this big line. And uh, my dad's one of the leaders there. Anyways, we don't know exactly what happened, but one of the boys, he has um, Asperger's, high-functioning autistic boy, but you know still has that. And he's still just sometimes um, with a lot of those you know social skills are a little bit off. And he, uh, he stopped. He's supposed to stay with his buddy. And he stopped and just left the group and ran off. And as they were strung out, I guess nobody saw him leave. And he ran over to go to the bathroom. And when he went to the bathroom, he was very, very, very private about going to the bathroom. So he would go like hundreds of yards off to go to the bathroom. And I guess either someone saw him go off or I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he ends up going to the bathroom, coming back and doesn't know where the troop is and, and thinks he's lost. And so he starts running. And he starts running and that's the last we know, like what happened. All we know is he's gone, right? So they get to the parking lot. All the leaders are at the parking lot and they're like, where's Garrett? Where's Garrett? Where's Garrett? And one of the leaders is like, okay, I'm going to head back up for him. And the, the last leader who is supposed to be the tail end of all the leaders comes down. He's like, oh, isn't Garrett here? He's like, no. And so they, two leaders stay at the bottom, two leaders head back up the mountain and they start looking for Garrett. And he, you know, it's only the last three miles. They've already hiked 55 miles, right? It's just a, the barely tail end. And they start walking back up. And uh, they can't find him anywhere. And uh, it's getting later in the day. And um, they uh, end up, they say, okay, you know, the leaders at the bottom drive the boys home. And we, us two leaders are going to stay on the mountain and sleep up where he was last seen, at least last sighting, last kind of main point. And he's like, there's tons of trail. I mean, it's not too hard. Like, you can't get lost right here. It's not, not too bad, right? So they sleep overnight and still nothing. Garrett hasn't shown up. And so they call uh, search and rescue and search and rescue usually waits 24 hours before they do anything just because usually people turn up in 24 hours. They get, they convince them to do it within like 12 hours. They say, Hey, we got a lost boy. He has Asperger's. We need some help. And so, and at that point, my, my dad had helped drive home the boy scouts. I had just finished a Spartan race that day. It was a Saturday. If you guys know what Spartan races are, that you're up in the mountains running. I, I had ran like 13 miles that day. It's an obstacle course. You're running through like mud. It's incredible. Spartan races are like amazing. And uh, I had just done a Spartan race. So I'm dead tired. I just got home. And my dad's like, we have a lost boy scout up in, and he's like, I, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. 
I'm going to turn around. It's like 8 PM. He's like, I'm driving up right now and we're going to be there in the morning so that we can help look tomorrow morning. And I was like, Hey, I'm coming with you. So we pack up our bags and we get ready to go. And, uh, Anyways, we get up there the next morning. We have at search and rescue. We're there at like 6 a.m. They have like a briefing. That morning, we had 32 men with packs. And to get on the mountain, you had to have a full day back to get there. So 32 other people from our neighborhood are like, we're going. So we all put packs together. We all go up there. We're with search and rescue that morning. They walk it. They brief us. And the search and rescue guy essentially says, hey, I love, you know, thanks for coming up, but thanks, but no thanks. We got this covered. Stay out of our area. We have dogs. We have a helicopter. We have whatever. So just stay out of our way. And we're like, seriously, like we brought 32 people and you're telling us to just stay out of your way. You don't want to use us at all. So he's like, yeah, you just don't get lost in the mountain. Like, let us do our job. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to go look for him. And so he leaves and the, like one of our, our guys gets up. He's like, all right, we're going to make our own plan. And so he, he gets up, this incredible guy starts walking through a plan and we plan out what we're going to do. Um, you know, different areas we're going to check and how we're all going to have satellite phones. Anyways, we go look up all day and we don't know. Garrett is right. He has Asperger's. We don't know if he's hiding from us, right? He could be just under a log somewhere like scared, right? Because there's dogs and there's helicopters and stuff. People are yelling his name. He might be just scared. And we get up on the mountain. We hike all the way. We hike for about a half day to get back up onto the area where he's at. We hike up and we're looking around and we start walking. We all split up and start, you know, they call it combing areas where you spread out and you comb through an area, you know, yelling, looking around, and we're like, how thorough do we need to be? Maybe he's, maybe we're walking, he's 10 feet away from us and he just won't pop out. So anyways, we, um, we keep looking for him and looking, nothing, nothing. The whole day goes on. We end up walking another, I walked 20 miles that day in different, on this trail, whatever. We get back to the home base that night and like, just our hearts are like so sad. We had over 200 people on the mountain looking for him and he can't be found anywhere. And so now it's like, and there are, there are, this is like fourth, it was like in July, there are hundreds of other hikers, just normal hikers coming out of the mountains too. And no one's seen him. And that day we had over a dozen horses up there we had helicopters. We had a plane. I mean, we had like the whole nine yards. We had drones looking for this kid, like nothing. And we're like, oh my gosh, he must be. So there's two options. Either he just took off running and he's like an athletic kid. He, he either just got scared and just took off running and now he's 30 miles in the other direction, way out of what we're looking for, our zone, our, you know, our big circle we drew, or he's dead, right? There's like an animal, like a cougar got to him or whatever. And, uh, I remember going to bed that night and we were just so just sad that we had lost this kid. And, um, you know, the weight of that and his family's there. Oh my gosh. Like I I'm tearing up, like thinking about it. And, um, that night, a couple of the men at this point now we had more people had come up. We had about 60 volunteers on our end and the search and rescue had, I think about 40 on their end. And these a few volunteers are like, well, where do you think he would go? Right? Where are the, the ways out? And there's this one really shale Canyon. And the one guy was saying, he's like, Hey, there's a, there's like you, once you go down this Canyon, you kind of have to jump down cliffs. Like there's, you're not getting out. Once you go down, you got to go all the way out to the Valley and then like turn around and come back to the mountain. So these three guys are like, all right, let's do it. We'll go down there. They're super athletic guys. One of the guys is like a world champion rock climber. I can use him. He's amazing. And they, they say a prayer and they just feel really prompted and, and to go down this one Canyon. They, no one had really looked, but Emmy was like, why would you go down that? It's just really shale. It's cliffs. Like you wouldn't go down this Canyon, but he's like, all right, let's go down there. So they, they go down there, this Canyon. They get in there and they, uh, 
they are walking and they they camp out. They're yelling his name, Garrett, Garrett, where are you at? Like, love you, buddy. Come on out, you know. They camp for two hours. They set up camp down this thing. It's like it's starting to get dark. So they just set up camp midway under these cliffs. And they set up their campfire and they're sitting there talking for about two hours. And then they hear, help. And they all turn their heads and they're like, Garrett, is that you? And he's like, yeah, it's me. He was literally up. They had, they had camped at the base of a cliff. He was on top of the cliff about 150 feet up the entire time. I don't know if we, he was asleep or like didn't hear him or whatever. They would been under, they literally camped under him for two hours before Garrett noticed them below them. And they're like, Garrett, we're coming. They all drop all their stuff. They start running. The two guys run around. The one world champion rock climber scales the cliff right there, just scales it and climbs up to the top. They finally find him. Like, Garrett, oh my gosh. They call it in and uh, they go like, they're like, we got, we found him. You know, they go, hey, it's too dark. Is he okay? Like, yeah, he's fine. He doesn't need, you know, he's totally fine. He's actually saved a lot of his food. He's been eating bugs and, and bark, but he has a whole pack of food. He's just been saving it. And uh, he's been hiding out on this cliff for two days now. Said he, cause he, and we asked him after, why'd you hide in the cliff? And he goes, well, I was scared of bears coming to get me. So I hit on a cliff. I didn't think a bear would come get me on a cliff. I'm like, all right. And uh, I mean, this cliff, it's not like on top of a cliff. It's in like, imagine like a 200 foot cliff right in the middle, about a hundred feet up, that's, there's a little ledge and he hid on the ledge in this cliff. And so it's pretty hard to find him. Right. Um, and it was just a seriously a miracle that they camped below and found him. Anyways, they get him down and he's like, this is totally normal. Um, and, uh, we get him back home and I remember I was crying, like just so to see him. I was like, dude, we have like, and I had, I was so exhausted. I mean, we were just, it was amazing to find him and we got him to his family and, uh, just, I was totally exhausted. This was, we was all day Sunday. We had looked and this is now Monday morning that he was back to his family. He'd been gone since Friday or excuse me, Saturday morning. He'd been gone. And, uh, just an incredible man, an incredible day of, of a, full, a ton of different things. Right. So a few lessons learned from there. Um, number one was, I was on the, on the trail and we started walking around. I started talking to people it turns out two of the guys I talked to were like amazing. Like when you're looking for accredited investors, like these guys were like totally like worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars to these guys I started talking to. And they wouldn't say that, but I started to pick that apart from the businesses they had sold and what they had done. And they, they were like, yeah, we're just coming up to help the boy. And I was like, oh my gosh, who are these people? Right. So we talked for two hours. One of the guys ended up becoming one of my mentors and, um, you know, maybe a future investor. If you're looking for investors, you can find them anywhere, literally on a, on a hike in the Northern Uintas. I found two incredible investors, uh, who have done tons of things in the fund world. Now that's kind of a, <laughs> off the point, but, um, Secondly, is what I wanted to say was when you, you know, when you're on a mountain like that, when you're lost, it's pretty, not even lost, just us looking for him. We needed a lot of gear to know what we were doing, right? We needed uh, GPS. Like we were not allowed to go on the mountain without a satellite phone and GPS. We were not because search and rescue is like half the time the searchers go up and they get lost themselves. We got to go find them, right? So said, you're not allowed to go on the mountain without a satellite phone and without a GPS tracker. Like, okay. So everyone had that. We couldn't go on the, we had to go in certain areas where the people would approve us. Right. And they would tell us, they'd walk us through a map and a trail and we would have maps ourselves. They printed out hundreds of maps, gave us the tools and equipment. And then everyone that went on the mountain had to have a, 
a pack so that they could sleep over for at least two days in case they got lost or in case something happened. And so we were very prepared getting up there and we get up there and it was very well organized. Not a single person got lost in the mountain. We had hundreds of people in the mountain and they knew exactly where every single person was at all times. It was very incredible and very well organized where people weren't like doubled, you know, going over the same tracks twice. We were all looking in unique areas at the same time. It was incredible, right? And I thought about that of, you know, if, if we had just decided, me and my dad, like, hey, let's just go look ourselves, right? We wouldn't have done much good besides maybe saying a prayer and hopefully finding him. But with an organization, with a unit, with people that were way smarter than us had, had, had done this before, right? The one guy, he had been, he had hiked that trail over 50 times, that 50, that 50, 60 mile hike. He'd done that over 50 times with his family, with friends, with scout troops. He knew that place like the back of his hand. He knew every little nook and cranny. We'd go talk to him, right? And it saved us a ton of time to find him. So my, um, takeaways from this, and especially since we're, we're launching a mastermind this week of, and things that have helped me start launch my fund is having a tribe around me. For me, honestly, the, what's been able to help me launch my fund is my dad. I can go call him whenever and say, dad, how do I, how do I structure this? And my dad has never invested in my funds. Hasn't really given me like investing advice. He's just helped me with structure and with putting it together. That's really, that's all he's done. And it's been incredible. I've been able to call him, dad, do I need a license for this? Or this person needs to, how, you know, how does this work with our treasury department? And he's been able to walk me through that and save me a ton of time. That's the same thing with the other people I've interviewed on the show. A lot of the interviews that I bring on, yeah, it's great to, to show you guys. It's for me. Like, I'm like, I want to build my tribe. I want to build people around me that are smarter than me about this world and about this space. And that's what I've tried to do with our mastermind is to help people go from point A to point B faster. And when you have a guide, when you have a mentor, when you have someone that's done it before, who's been on the mountain 50 times on the same area that knows like the back of their hand, it's a lot easier to just follow what they did than to try to go, you know, put it into existence on your own. And yes, you can. It just saves a lot of time when you have a mentor, when you have a system, when you have a process. Um, and, uh, third, I, this, this whole journey of, of find this boy really, um, made me think a lot about my life, my family, and what's kind of most important in life. And it really is, um, people, right? The people around you, the people, the, the joy in the journey, right? Of, of who you're with, what you're doing and, um, you know, your family, your kids. And I told myself from the beginning, I want to have time to spend with my family. I want to have time to be with my kids. I don't want to go work on wall street for two years. The analyst role, hundred hours a week, do an MBA, never see my family, then work on wall street for another 10 years to get my track record, <laughs> and not see my family for 15 years and probably get divorced twice and then go start a fund. I was like, that's, that isn't worth it. Two divorces and a, a broken family is not, not worth having a fund, right? I'd rather have the great family. And I said, how can I do it all at the same time? And this is the way that I've been able to try to figure it out. They say, I'm going to start a fund on my own. I'm going to set it up with my terms, my rules. The audacity to do that makes me stand out above all these other candidates for MBA programs and other places anyways, because I've started my own fund, right? No one else has done that. That looks way better than I, I was an analyst for on Wall Street for two years. No, I started a fund for two years. We raised X amount of dollars. We did X amount of deals, right? That sounds a lot better as well. So um, if you're trying to get ahead, I think this is a shortcut. This is a fast way to get ahead. And that's what we're trying to design to do. Anyways, love you guys. And I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, wasn't that awesome? So we did something really cool for you guys. So my dad runs a $20 billion fund. I convinced him this Thursday, February 20th to come live on a live webinar 
to teach and talk to you guys about what he does in his fund, how they structure a $20 billion fund, how to ethically steal investors from your competitors, and third, how to actually find deals, the framework for finding deals. And then he is gonna stay on live for a live Q&A. You can ask him whatever questions you want. Pretty cool, right? So if you wanna get started, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com, click on the register link, and you'll be on the webinar for next Thursday. See you guys, peace.